Welcome to another episode at F the Office where we talk to people who are daring to live differently. Today we're talking to Bailey Richard. She's a business coach for infopreneurs. So if you're keen to sell your own info-based products like books, courses, or even speaking gigs, then Bailey is your go-to girl. And when she's not running her annual virtual summit to help people like you launch a successful business, she's coaching her clients one-on-one. And in this episode, we talk to her about lifestyle freedom, how to make small adjustments to your life that will make a big impact, and why she decided to ditch a career in engineering to launch her own business. You definitely don't want to miss this episode. Thank you so much, Bailey, for joining us today. We're so happy to have you here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And our first question is, as always, what was your F the office moment? Yeah, so I was working as an environmental engineering consultant out in California. I went to school for engineering, went to college for engineering, and decided to follow that route professionally for a few years. When it was about 2013 or so, I was 25, and um, I underwent a um, kind of quarter-life crisis, to be honest. You know, I, I started asking myself a lot of those questions that I think a lot of people start asking themselves once they get a little settled in life, which is kind of where I was headed. Mm-hmm. And I started asking myself things like, how did I get here? Is this really what I want to be doing every day for the rest of my life? And I started taking a really hard look at all of the things that I wanted out of life that I wasn't currently getting. Mm-hmm. I was living on the other side of the country from my family, two weeks of travel a year. I'm such a huge international traveler. So that to me was really difficult to deal with. I had barely any time to dedicate to my philanthropy. It was, it was tough. So when I really just took stock of everything that I wanted, I realized that I was going to have to figure out a different solution, which I came to the conclusion that I was going to need to work for myself. And when I, when I really realized that, when I said, okay, I know that this is what I'm going to have to do, I, from the very beginning, had made a decision that I was going to pursue a business model or design my business in such a way that I would be able to incorporate the travel aspect, especially into my life, but also just in general, what we call it these days, lifestyle freedom, right? Mm-hmm. That is very interesting. And I just want to say kudos to you because I do think that's a thing that a lot of young people go through this moment of, yeah, is this all there is? What am I doing with my life? But it takes a very brave person to actually make that shift. And so were there, were there any obstacles in your way at the time or you just knew like, this is what I'm going to do? Oh and- man. Well, I'm a very determined person. So whenever I usually decide on something, then I have no problem personally going after it. But as far as whether there were obstacles, yeah, of course there were obstacles. I mean, there were so many. I mean, one of them certainly was that I was an engineer and, you know, that's kind of a socially, societally prestigious kind of career. And, and I think a lot of people did not understand why I was so unhappy or why I was feeling unfulfilled. They're like, you have, you know, a really great job and an apartment and a car and you live in California and you have all the things, you know, why is it that you want to leave? And it wasn't necessarily my close friends and family. They'd actually been watching me suffer a lot because my quarter life crisis was marked by a lot of visceral issues, panic attacks, staying, you know, staying up late and insomnia, that sort of stuff. So they were really well aware of what was happening with me and they were supportive of my choices and they know that I wouldn't make any drastic moves in my life that were going to endanger, you know, my well-being. But trying to get other people to understand it, my coworkers and everyone else, was difficult to begin with, right? Because I didn't have any success 
to start, you know? So I was building from the ground up. Now, a lot of those people look at me and they say, oh, well, clearly you made the right choice. But back then it was harder. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> right. Well, of course, as soon as you are, you've reached a certain level of success, everybody can point to that and say, clearly the right choice, but you have to believe in yourself. But at the same time, I'm super practical, right? And I didn't want to jeopardize myself in any way. So one of the things that I was struggling with was, you know, I don't really have a ton of business background. I did, you know, start doing some stuff in my business while I was working my nine to five, but I wanted something else that was going to allow me to really hit the ground running and, and succeed. So for me, that was um, additional education. So that was part of it. Um, another thing financially was that even though I was an engineer, um, you California is expensive. So I did not have this huge stockpile of savings that I could just live off of. And I, you know, was only out of college by a couple of years. I was still, you know, in school debt at that point. And so for me, another thing was, well, I don't want to make this crazy move and quit my job and have no money and then struggle. I mean, one of, I see so many people doing this all the time or they want to do it is, you know, I'm so excited about owning my own business. I'm going to quit my job so I can focus on it full time, but yes. they have no other secure source of income. And the problem is that then they stress themselves out to a really unsafe mental and physical level. Um, and there's no way that you can be successful when you are like that, right? Because you just, there, you can't have success and creativity that comes out of that kind of stress. So anyway, the point is for me, I did, I decided not to immediately move into um, business ownership, hundred percent, hundred percent self-employment. I actually decided to go um, back to school. I went to grad school for two years at MIT where I studied entrepreneurship and I used that time to build my business with the goal of becoming 100% self-employed when I graduated. Now, I just want to clarify one thing before I finish talking here is that I don't recommend this for everybody. Um, it doesn't, just because I went back to school doesn't mean that everybody out there, that's the route they should take. I want to be clear that several things happened that made it the right choice for me. The first one is that I had an engineering degree background, so getting into MIT was easier because I had that background. So, you know, just making that clear. But then also, MIT is a research school, which means that my education was paid for. I paid nothing in order to go to grad school. So do not take on, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans to go to grad school because you think that's the right solution for you. If I had to do that, if I had chosen a school that was going to charge me $100,000 for a graduate degree, that probably would not have been the right choice, right? So what I'm saying is, I think everybody needs to, first of all, if they're thinking about, if they're in a nine to five and they're thinking about starting a business, recognize that jumping into 100% self-employment without secure finances, especially, is not probably the right thing for you to do. There are other avenues you can take, so get creative. And think about different ways that you can make it work for you and, you know, make that move when you're ready. I love it. You're hitting all these points that we like to talk about too at FC Office. We never tell people to jump into a passion project, turn that into your full-time career without having some kind of safety net. Or right. I, think it's, I think that's a recipe for failure every single time. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm really happy that you touched upon your formal education because when I read that in your bio that you actually went to MIT for entrepreneurship, I thought that's so fascinating, especially in this day and age when we have so many opportunities to continue our education online. So it was really interesting that you said there were a few reasons that helped push you to that direction. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm just curious, do you think that going to MIT, doing this graduate program and working on your business in tandem was the thing that helped you more? Do you think it was the catalyst? Do you think it was, do you think it helped you build your business faster than had you done this maybe piece by piece or done some kind of online education? Yes, but perhaps for the, not the reason that you think. Um, the education, of course, was very valuable. I'm not discounting that at all. But one of the th reasons that I feel that I was actually able to be so incredibly successful was actually because in graduate school, you have a time flexibility, right? You are not sitting in an office from 8 a.m. to 5 or 6 p.m. every single day where you're expected to do work. Actually, I never it's, thought of it that way. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing, right, is that grad school, we've all been in college, right? So, you know, grad school is very similar in the sense that you're not sitting in class from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. every day. You are going to class for, what, 90-minute sessions, 60-minute sessions in some cases. And only in some cases, you know, towards my, you know, final semesters, not even every day of the week. And so even though I did have other responsibilities, like my research assistantship and things like that, um, I was really able to spend so much more time on my business than I would have been able to if I was working the 9 to 5. Plus, you know, when you're working a nine to five and you do come home, you're exhausted. You know, I was tired every single day. When I had that time flexibility at MIT, I was, you know, I may not have had class until 3 p.m. that day. So I could wake up at 8.30, you know, I could wake up fully rested. And the first thing that I could do is tackle my business when I had the most energy in the day and, you know, and really go from there. Plus, admittedly, when I was at MIT, there were so many other things that really helped me maintain my sanity. You know, starting a business can be a little crazy, but there was a lot of community, physical sports and activities, extracurriculars, you know, just all that sort of stuff that was also really key, I think, in, you know, keeping me sane during that time. So I certainly do credit a lot of my success to the education I received, but that is definitely not all. You know what's so cool is that I think you're hitting on these really interesting things that not a lot of people talk about when they're starting a business. And you've said it twice now, uh, being rested, creativity, the sense of community, uh, some kind of interactive thing that gets you out of the house. I think yeah. that's major, even if you are, you know, whoever's listening for our audience, if they're working on their own business, um, find a time to do some creative work, let your brain rest, disconnect. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's actually really cool. Not yeah. a lot of people talk about that. Well, and it's crazy too, because I really felt that loss when I left MIT. You know, I know that one of the things that you talk about on this podcast are like the challenges of being, you know, either self-employed or running your own business or being out of the office. And when I left that, you know, um, and I, I decided to move back to Pittsburgh, which is where my family's located, that was my next initial move. Um, it was tough. It was really tough because I lost that community. I lost that interaction and I lost that time flexibility. When I moved to 100% self-employment, there was no longer this mix in my day where it was like, oh, work on my business for four hours, have lunch with friends, go to class for a little bit, do some work, work out, do this, do that. All of a sudden it was wake up at eight o'clock every day, work on my business for seven, eight, ten hours. <laughs> and it was kind of like reverting back having a job, having a job and, yeah. and making that transition was actually really difficult. I'm not going to lie. You know what? It can be a tough transition. And I think that people have the sense of when I work for myself, I'm going to be free and flexible when in fact it is pretty similar to having a job and it's even harder in some cases to disconnect. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I tell my clients, and it really took a long time for me to adopt this philosophy as well, even though I'm very type A, is that having a schedule and having a structure is actually your friend when it comes to lifestyle freedom. And a lot of people don't like that because they think that, okay, well, if I have lifestyle freedom, I should just be able to do what I want, whenever I want, and I don't need to cater to anybody's schedule. But the reality is that whenever you don't have that kind of set schedule or structure in your life, you end up um, not dedicating the appropriate amounts of time to the right activities. You end up working way too much. You end up not, you know, recognizing that, you know, you have to schedule in social time and, and physical activity and all these other sorts of things. And, you know, it really actually, you know, sets you on the path to failure. So I know it sounds counterintuitive, but I think people have this wrong idea of what's what lifestyle freedom is. You know, I said it's it's not, oh, I'll just do whatever I want all the time. And I think people know that, but it's a lot more about, well, I'm still working, you know, like a full-time job, but the difference is, is that I can make small adjustments that will ultimately make my life better than what I would have been able to do if I was working in a corporate setting where I had to be in the office from nine to five. Or rather, if you know I want to go and see my niece for a couple of days, then I can take those days off, which might be a Monday, Tuesday. That means I'm gonna have to work Saturday, Sunday, you know? And so it's really more about that trade-off, really. I love that. I'm over here in my head thinking preach every time, every other word that you said, especially when you hit upon, you can make small adjustments that you couldn't otherwise do in an office. Mm -hmm. I think that's spot on. Thanks. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. And actually something else that you said earlier that I just want to backtrack on this notion of having community and then losing that sense of community. Um, I know that you've said before that one of the struggles is that nobody else has the same kind of schedule as you. And that mm. can be kind of a con of working for yourself is that you're alone working yeah. for yourself and nobody else shares the same kind of workflow. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that? Yeah, it's pretty tough sometimes, especially like I mentioned, I really love international travel. So for me, one of the biggest ways or the most obvious ways that this issue manifests itself is when I want to go on a trip and, you know, the challenges that I face because all of my friends or family are working a nine to five, they either can't come with me because you know they only have so many vacation days and sick days and they've used them up already or they need to save them because they have to go home for Christmas or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But even if I can get somebody to come with me, you know, I, I can stay in a new location for a month, two months, three months, however long I want, because I designed my business specifically so that I can run it from the road. But you know, they might be only able to join me for three or four days. Um, so it really can be difficult in that sense. Now, how I solve that problem, um, and I wouldn't exactly say I've completely solved it. I go on a lot of trips myself, right? And that's just mm -hmm. something that, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit resigned to do. But one of the things that I do participate in, I'm sure you've heard of them. There's a lot of these kind of entrepreneurial travel programs, um, like uh, Unsettled, for example, is one of them. Beunsettled.co is, is their website. Um, Remote Year, I think was the, I've never been on that one, but it was like the first one that kind of kicked off all these yes. programs. And um, so a lot of these programs are sort of designed for the freelancer, the business owner who wants to travel. And you, I've done a couple of those programs. And to be honest, I've actually really enjoyed them because you end up meeting with a lot of really like-minded individuals who have the same kind of 
spirit, entrepreneurial spirit, travel spirit as you have. So I've been able to meet a lot of people through those types of programs and those have been really fun as well. And then I think that um, there's just, you have to be proactive about maintaining those relationships with people outside of your immediate vicinity. I think it's really easy to, to kind of rely upon everyone that lives in your household or in your neighborhood, right? But you need to realize that, you know, there's these people all over the world that you have met, that you have yet to meet, that you can, you know, make new plans with, join Facebook groups. You know, the Girls Love Travel Facebook group is like half a million people right now. So mm -hmm. if you're a female out there, join that group, make friends. And it's, it's, a, it's actually another addition to the job that a lot of people don't talk about. But you have to put time and effort into that sort of thing. I am so glad you said that. You absolutely have to put time and effort into that kind of networking yeah. or even just keeping friendships warm. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you absolutely do. Absolutely. And I think that another thing that we need to realize too, is that even though we, we may have ultimate freedom in our lives, the reality is the world still operates Monday through Friday, right? I mean, that's just, that's just the truth of it. So I think that you know, we need to be a little bit understanding and kind of accommodating to that as well. So there's certain you know, changes and structural things scheduling wise that I've done in my business to sort of accommodate, you know, when I can have my free time that is more likely to coincide with other people's free time and just recognize that that's a part of the reality of the world we live in and, and that we may not be able to change that, but we can certainly, you know, work around it. That is such fantastic advice. And even I myself feel more empowered because uh, we at FD Office travel full time as well. Um, we've not invested any time in these experiences like remote year or unsettled either, but even hearing you say that, that uh, there are different ways around it, you've got to keep those relationships warm is, is empowering. Yeah, I'll definitely say when it comes to those types of programs, make sure you do your research, make sure that you're picking the right program that's credible and that, you know, is going to be good for you. They're all different lengths, you know, some of them might be a week or two weeks, some of them might be multiple months or something like that. And if you're new to the concept, definitely try something that's a little bit smaller in time to see if it's a right fit or to see if you like the company because every company handles things totally differently from the other companies I've learned. But <laughs> yeah, but nonetheless, I've, I've had some really positive experiences. Um, so definitely something to consider. That's really fantastic. So Bailey, just curious, what three tools can't you live and function without? Okay. Well, first of all, I have to say ClickFunnels. Anybody that's not on ClickFunnels, if you're a business owner or you're selling something online, I think it's just absolutely crazy. Um, <laughs> but it's a, it's a marketing software, but it's more than that. Um, it allows you to build sales funnels online for lead generation and selling products. And it's awesome. And people should definitely check it out. Um, like I mentioned earlier, all things Google, Google Drive, everything Google, Gmail, all that kind of stuff. Um, Google runs my life. So definitely all things Google. And then um, I love Canva. Canva.com has made it really easy for me to create graphics for myself and my own business when I used to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on graphic design, like farming out graphic design work to other people every single year. So um, those are some tools that I use that have just been truly awesome. That's awesome. And if you like, uh, if you like Canva, I recommend you check out Crello too, which is a pretty close competitor. Never even heard of it. I'll have to try it. It's fairly new. It's, it's a lot like Canva, but they now have animated features. So it's, uh, it's like the next level of a GIF. It's interesting. very cool. <laughs> All right. And tell us where we can find you and more about your business online. Yeah, great. Thanks. Well, anybody that wants to connect with me can go to baileyrichard.com or send me an email at contact at baileyrichard.com. As you mentioned, I'm a business coach for infopreneurs. So my specialty is in helping individuals that would like to start an online platform as 
somebody who is going to leverage their life experience, knowledge, and passions, mostly through info products and services. So books, online courses, speaking, that sort of thing. So if you want to take a certain expertise or a passion that you have and you want to become an expert on that online and then monetize that with these info products and services, then I'm your girl. Perfect. That is perfect. Thank you so much for joining us again. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode, and I hope you enjoyed meeting Bailey just as much as I did. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out our other interviews with fascinating people who are thriving outside of the corporate office walls at fcoffice.com.